Conversations with professionals for professionals in the laundry and linen services industry. This is the American Laundry News Podcast. Welcome, everybody. I'm your host, Matt Poe, editor of American Laundry News. This is episode 29 of the American Laundry News Podcast, Conflict Resolution in the Laundry Operation. Joining me to talk about strategies and methods for handling conflict in the laundry is Terry Slauson, Director of Human Resources for the Northern Pacific Region of Cintas Corporation. With a focus and passion for international HR, Terry has on-the-ground HR leadership experience in European, Asian, and North American markets. Terry, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me here today. I appreciate it. So let's start out general. How do you define conflict in a laundry operation? Sure, that's a great question. So I would define it as really a disagreement, a dispute that impacts uh, other employees, production, uh, the location overall, or culture that cannot be initially or immediately worked out between the conflicting parties. And I, I like to, to imagine that they probably fall into kind of three big buckets manager to employee, which is what we most common think about with conflict, employee to employee, as well as an employee to other functional groups. I think those are, you know, the kind of the three big areas that we see uh, when it comes to uh, conflict within a laundry operation. So you've talked about some of the, the segments there. Are there some main causes of conflict in a laundry? Sure. You know, I, I think um, when you think, of, and, and I'll just go down kind of, you know, manager to employee, I think okay. it's uh, often poor communication, frustration, uh, personal issues that can creep into the workplace, performance really, and, and accountability, I think are the main causes when it comes to, to manager uh, and employee. I think employee to employee, it, it's uh, often, uh, it can be culture, perceived fairness, or I like to use the word work linkage. I can't get my work done until you get your work done. Oh, okay. So I'm moving at 100 miles an hour. You're moving at 90 miles an hour. Therefore, I can't get my work done. So I think there's a work linkage element to it. And then uh, certainly, I think those are, are the big buckets uh, there. And then employee to other functional groups, I would say, you know, competing interests and resources. In, you know, in laundry, you've got a variety of buckets, but you've really got the production piece and the delivery piece, right? In aerospace, you have engineering and manufacturing. This is what the drawings say it should look like, and manufacturing says, yeah, but we can't we can't build what you've drawn. Sometimes in production service environment, uh, the service wants to deliver a product, but for a variety of reasons, maybe we don't have that product ready to deliver yet. So it's conflicting interest with, uh, within those functional groups. And many times, both sides are right. You know, you need to mm-hmm. deliver product to the customer. So the service side is certainly right, but we haven't gotten to the product yet. And we haven't been able to deliver it in or complete it in a, in a manner that is satisfactory. It's competing uh, interests within that space. Well, you've talked about some of the main causes. Are there other causes, maybe minor causes or something that supervisors or management don't consider sometimes or don't pay attention to? Yeah. Uh, one of them that comes to mind in the world that we're living in COVID-19 and and the impact of families and that sort of thing, I would say, is really mental health. That's just not the first place that we go to when we think about conflict. Right. Uh, and, and of course, we know mental health has spectrums of, of impact. But I think that's one that we can miss because I think there's a little bit more of it in, in our environment as a country collectively now. I think sometimes 
because it is, you know, in, in a production environment, is it is about throughput and end result. Sometimes I think we can focus too much on what needs to get completed today versus the human element. And I'll give you, for example, okay. uh, maybe a supervisor doesn't approve a vacation day requested 90 days out because they're behind today. And so there's conflict, you know, conflict in there because we're, we're focusing on what's in front of us versus kind of a long-term strategy. I think another area of conflict that we can easily oversee is the culture piece. I think we make assumptions or we can make assumptions that if we are all from the same place, we have the same cultural mix or cultural uh, identity or cultural uh, perception of things. And so sometimes culture can get in the way and cause conflict. That makes um, sense. Yeah. Cultural conflict, for sure, that sometimes as leaders, we don't fully understand. And then uh, I think sometimes is um, we have to put emotional equity in the bank. Uh, and so sometimes we forget to uh, work on relationships. I think conflicts are easier when you have a relationship and you've got some equity in the bank, uh, emotional bank, on doing some good things and using some good words and showing some good behaviors that when conflict arises, it's easier to manage because you've, you've got some shared emotional equity in the relationship, if you will. Now that we've defined conflict and examined some of the causes, let's get into how to resolve the conflicts. And let's start this discussion at the point of, let's say it's a point of conflict. There's an incident taking place. What are some appropriate immediate responses for managers and supervisors, depending on the nature of the conflict? And I think the, the nature of the conflict is really uh, important to the level of emotion that is involved. Uh, I'm a big believer that you praise in public and you debate and argue in private, right? Mm -hmm. So uh, from my perspective, the first thing you want to do is find a private space. And again, depending on the level of emotion, you might want to bring human resources into it to sort of act as a referee, if you will, based on, on the nature of uh, the elevation. I think uh, best practice for leaders is to seek to understand. I, I hate to use the old cliche, but we have two ears and one mouth for a reason. Right, yeah. Uh, <laughs> And, and spending some time trying to really understand the issue is the fundamental layer of conflict resolution. Um, I'm going to understand you. I'm going to repeat back to you what you said for clarity in my own words. And then I'm going to explain my side of the, of the conflict uh, so we can find common ground. Uh, and then sometimes we need to, as leaders, step back, provide a bigger picture as to the why behind the what. Um, this is what I've asked you to do. Let me tell you why. And then um, don't be afraid to use policy uh, as a guideline and, and certainly not always as a hammer, but certainly as a guideline uh, when you're trying to resolve conflict. Now, how can management supervisors help employees create a longer term resolution to conflicts? I think that a very good way is a show versus tell approach. And it's difficult to do a lot of training in this environment only because of the nature of our hourly employees, the nature of cultural differences, language barriers and differences and that sort of thing. So I think a very solid way is uh, leaders should exemplify the culture and behavior that they expect. Mm -hmm. uh, and when they have conflict, how they manage that conflict and behave with that conflict is a good benchmark for other people to see. So much more of a show versus tell, you know, uh, we may say we may be emotionally not hijacked as leaders uh, and focus on the problem versus the people uh, or the blame, really focus on the problem piece. And I think uh, a show versus tell approach is, is a good approach in an environment such as, uh, as industrial laundry. 
Well, and this conflict resolution, what you're talking about, the show versus tell, the, these kind of methods, it's, it's a skill that needs to be developed. So what kind of training do you recommend for managers and supervisors in terms of conflict resolution to have these skills? That's a, a great question. You know, best practices for organizations is to have, you know, really, really solid, a variety of solid training for supervisors, managers, leaders, and, and beyond. And, uh, you know, I've worked in, in organizations that do have specific conflict resolution for supervisor training that would have elements of uh, understanding the nature of conflict, um, how to encourage employees to work out uh, conflict issues on their own, training around how to nip it in the bud quickly, but at the same time not be afraid to let a, a situation cool down, training on you know listening to both sides. Uh, getting to the real issue, kind of the five whys, if you will. Tell me why, tell me why, tell me why, really getting to the core of the issue. Uh, the training would include uh, when and how to engage your handbook, uh, when and how to engage uh, human resources. And I would be uh, negligent if I didn't say, make sure that you're working with your HR department uh, and uh, documenting is appropriate. So the documentation, the communication, the uh, deceleration of a conflict, uh, as well as some referee tools, if you will, mm -hmm, to, right. uh, to uh, help people solve the problem on their own. Talking about solving the problem on their own, how about conflict resolution training for employees? Do you have any recommendations there? Great question. And, you know, I sort of alluded to it a little bit in, in an environment where it's fairly intense, right? Uh, you're, you're trying to get product through the building. How do you pull people off of the floor to do training? And how do you mm -hmm. keep pull people off the shop floor when there is this linkage between I can't get my work done until you get your work done. And so, and then there's the language barrier, there's a culture piece. So I think best practice is really, there's probably a handful of, of short trainings, short policy reviews at a high level that should be done every year, whether it is uh, an anti-harassment training or policy review, whether it's a code of conduct training or policy review, whether it's some sort of culture training or policy review to give a real high level of kind of the rules of the game. This is the expectations we have as an organization uh, and the rules that we play by. I think that um, part of good training is, is to have a, a good hiring process as well. Oh, okay. uh, that uh, that may include, depending on on the nature of the environment, some of the, uh, of the production personnel to, to help in that process. Um, so I, I think it's short trainings, I think it's, you know, it's not conference group trainings, it's stand-up meeting trainings that you can uh, get in front of your partners quickly and consistently. These are not one sort of, in my mind, certainly a one-off training so that uh, we're consistently getting those in front of the partners as a, a gentle reminder of the rules of the game. Obviously, it's best to avoid the conflicts in the first place. So how can supervisors and managers and employees be trained to avoid or diffuse conflicts? You know, I think it goes, you, you start with the training and then it's language that you use, making sure that you don't criticize, complain or blame, focus on the problem of people. I think it is um, listen first, talk second, encourage collaboration and uh, partners to work it out themselves uh, and set expectations uh, and a roadmap. Uh, and again, using those other sort of uh, policies and, and practices and stand up trainings to snap the expectations, if you will. Of, of what um, of what good looks like. All right. Well, what's your top piece of advice when it comes to conflict resolution in a laundry and linen service? 
You know, I've always used throughout my HR career, there's three sides to every story. I think there's uh, your side, my side, and something that's in the middle. I think that working on relationship as a, as a leader and have some emotional equity in the relationship bank goes a long ways. Uh, I think having an open door policy and a clear expectation of the line of communications of, hey, I've, I have a conflict. I've spoken with the person. That didn't work it out. I've spoken with my supervisor. That didn't get resolved. I spoke with my manager. That didn't get resolved. And what are the next lines of communication for conflict resolution? But not going all the way to the end first, but really following those lines. Uh, and then again, making sure that HR is involved is appropriate. And whether HR is involved or not, always have good documentation. Um, I know you asked for one piece of advice, and that's uh, that's kind of a <laughs> fistful. Uh, but I think all of it is really important is the your relationship piece uh, before there's conflict, understanding and communicating lines of communication, and then good documentation, I think, are the, are the key elements. All right. Well, very good. Well, with that, I'm going to close this podcast. Thanks so much for sharing your information with us, Terry. It was a pleasure. Thanks for inviting me today. And thank you for listening. For the American Laundry News Podcast, this is Matt Poe reminding everybody to keep it clean. The American Laundry News Podcast is a production of American Trade Magazine's LLC in Chicago. The music, titled Holding On, composed by Poddington Bear, is supplied through the Free Music Archive. For more information about future podcasts, visit our website at AmericanLaundryNews.com or consult The Wire, our weekly e-newsletter. Also, be sure to like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter to stay informed about these podcasts, along with news and information from around the industry. This has been the American Laundry News Podcast.